and gentlemen, welcome to the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat. It's your boy Evan sitting next to your boy Aaron. We are live at Chatham Tap Fishers, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another Wednesday night. I'm not sure we can ask for a better autumn Wednesday night. Uh, better autumn day. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yep. So, guys, we've had so much soccer today. Lots of things to talk about. Um, both clubs. One had a little better, um, you know, uh, a little better result than the other one. But you know, hey, we're still we're still okay as far as Chelsea's concerned. How are you feeling today, man? How you? What's what's going on with you? Uh, I tell you, I feel really great about Manchester United's performance. Um, it seemed like a complete performance, which I think you know both of our clubs are kind of going through similar times right now, and. Uh, having very similar experiences with regard to progressing through games and playing 90 minutes as a team uh, is a, a big goal for both clubs right now. Yeah. How are you feeling about your team's performance? Well, I'm feeling really good right now because we have a good friend of the pod right here, uh, Danny. Uh, Danny, how you doing, brother? It's good to see I'm you, man. I'm always good, brother. I'm always good. <laughs> I'm only here to see if you guys want uh, maybe a shot or two. Oh, oh, well, well you know I'd what? I'd be happy to, uh, to, to give the podcast a little shout-out. Ah, yeah, hey, there you go. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, you know what? In about 15, 20 minutes. Okay. We, we got some business. We got to take care of business. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm feeling good. I, I am feeling good. Today, it would be very um, easy to be disappointed with today, but I think overall, mm -hmm. this is what I wrote, overall thought. It was a fair result. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a fair result. So, um, with, without any further ado, are we just, yes. just going to dive in? Hit me up, man. Hit me up. Hit me up. Yeah. There you go. Um, <clears throat> there, there's, there's a couple things that I thought were interesting about today. Number one, um, last season, in my opinion, uh, <laughs> that Chelsea team had a lot of times where they were lulled to sleep, um, or they were they, they 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 tried to push to win the match a lot, and they got punched in the mouth because as they started to push. A counter would happen, and they would get caught off guard, and, and the other team would score. Um, that didn't happen, and, and I think that you know that that old adage is true. If you can't win, don't lose. And so I, I think that you know that was a positive. That's one of the positives I saw from the match. Um, number two, Brentford's defense was great. I mean, they played really great defense. Um, it was like Hadrian's Wall out there. I mean, I mean it just was. It was like. Uh, you, you couldn't break through. I think they knew that. They knew that they had to play great defense. Um, you, you know, I, I I question Obama Yang not starting. Um, you know, I'm like, once again, Graham Potter's Graham Potter, and he's going to do what he wants to do. Um, but but Brentford's defense was great. Um, Chukwameka and and Pulisic came off the bench and played really well. Now Chukwameka is only 18 years old. Yeah. This is a kid, man, like a kid kid. Mm -hmm. And he played uh, like a man today. Almost, almost stole that match for us today with that final um, final shot on goal. Uh, so I was really pleased with how they played. Um, Trevor Chalabot is just playing phenomenally. And I love how he's progressing. Chalabot is, he, he's doing the thing he needs to do. I mean, think about it. You're you're practicing with, you're learning yeah. from Tiago frickin' Silva. Yeah. So you know this kid is getting better. You know he's going to continue to progress. Um, and, interesting stat, um, Chelsea has never lost when Chalaba has started. It's a small sample. <laughs> a small sample. I just, I just want, want to throw that in there. Yeah, 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 there you, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, 
But then uh, when Conor Gallagher went off, I was like, what the hell's wrong with him? It, it, I guess he just was not feeling well. There was a sickness or illness there, so nothing to worry about there. Um, my man of the match was Keppa. Our defense at times were, was a little shaky. I thought Chalaba did really good on their uh, lead striker. Um, he's got like, what, six, seven goals uh, for Brentford this year. Um, there was a couple. Yeah, Tony. There was a couple times where Chalaba overplayed. Um, kind of overplayed at times, but it was very far, few and far between. I think they handled them well, but those times that we just really needed that uh, extra bit of defense, Keppa was the man today. I mean, that save that he made from that from the header, like literally right in front of him, that reaction time was absolutely amazing. And you know I'm an Edward Mindy fan. Um, Keppa is playing really good in goal right now and um, he's my man of the match so um, Saturday Man U um, Tuesday Salzburg and next Saturday we're at Brighton so I think that um, obviously the match of the week for any game this week is going to be Chelsea Man U um, possibly I think we can handle Salzburg um, it's at Salzburg so we'll see um, and I think that you know, with Brighton the way they're playing, that's up in the air. Uh, I think that the next you know few games, we'll see how much uh, you know has Potter's kind of uh, you know how much is his gameplay really settled in with the guys. So, right. so what what did you see um, from the? Oh, sorry, wanted to go back to the Villa match. Two mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. um, Mount's brace was great. It was good to see Mount play uh, score twice. Um, and then once again, Keppa was just playing really, really well. So. Um, those are my thoughts. What were your thoughts from today as far as Chelsea is concerned, man? Well, specifically to today's game, you, you know, you hit it on the head. Brentford did exactly what they came to do, which was to, you know, defend as a unit, keep things compact, yeah. try to limit Chelsea. Chelsea still got opportunities, but they were through a crowd of people. Um, you know, they were close range to the goalie a lot of the time. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think it it was, like you said, a, a, a fair result. Um, Brentford had some good possession and some shots early, and Kepa did make some very good saves throughout the game. A um, couple of really nice ones at, at that. So it's a good shout for him as, as man of the match. Um, but I, I think what was interesting about today was, you know, you, you'd, you'd had four games in a row uh, where you had multi-goal clean sheet wins. Um, and those are good things, you know, those are things to feel good about. Right. But I think when you start looking at what happened in those games, that uh, AC Milan in both legs really helped you out. Um, just that, that, you know, they're not doing terrible in the league right now, but in the Champions League, they just don't seem to be bringing it. Uh, they seem a little disjointed. Um, I, I'm, I don't watch them enough to really know what it is, but their performances helped you out. And I believe in both games, uh, they had multiple cards. Um, yeah. And, and I, I definitely think that somebody was sent off uh, in the second match, yep. which, which made it quit. I think it, it was a penalty at that. Um, I believe I, I remember saying, you know, yeah. that was that triple whammy. You know, you get a, a, a penalty, a red card, and a goal. Um, and, and you come away, um, you know, down, really hurting for something like that. Yeah. And um, so I, I, I think that and the Wolves match maybe have given a little false sense of security. Um, you know, the, the results are there, and, and it's hard to say, you know, three nothing wins aren't good performances. Um, and I don't think I'm really saying that, but I'm looking at your club and mine in terms of how they're progressing. Uh, yeah. You know, you've won things more recently than United has, but both clubs are still in this sort of, you know, new managers, bringing in new players, right. a very transitional period, and, and trying to do that while trying to remain, you know, within touching distance of those teams at the top. So 3-0 wins are good, but I look at that Villa game, and it wasn't a dominating performance. Um, Villa punched you in the mouth on multiple occasions and really had some opportunities and I think it's a uh, one a testament that Chelsea's got good game going on right now but also that Villa's just in a bad place right. uh, I, I don't see Gerard keeping his uh, job much longer um, and there there's there's fight 
in that team. There is. Uh, but they're just not getting results. Yeah. So you come to today, and you play away at a Brentford side that continues to surprise people, yep. continues to, to really, I think, surprise themselves with what they're top managing the to table. do. Uh, yeah, top half of the table. And um, got exactly out of that game what they would have expected to. Mm -hmm. I think they had hoped you know, a good Tony on the breakaway. You know, they had their opportunities, oh, yeah. didn't yeah. quite happen. Um, so yeah, fair result. Uh, you know, what, what I've been thinking is, you know, the, there's a slow progression. You, you can see what's happening here. Unfortunately for Chelsea, uh -oh. Conte has been out injured for a while. Yeah. We now know he's gonna miss the World Cup. Yeah. Reese James yes. is now injured, um, which I've been saying it for a long time. I'm pretty right. sure, Ch did Chalaba come in at right back? Yes. Okay. So I think Chalaba's needed to get some time anyway. And, and you know, when you've got a guy like Reese James and he's in form, you're not going to get that. This blessing in disguise might be that Chalaba gets some game on his legs now, can prove what, what he can do, which I think he's going to be very good. Um, and the nice thing is, Reese James' injury is not a surgery. He should be back in probably about it. Uh, they, they said eight weeks. I'm going to say more like. Oh, really? That's what I'm saying. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. no, no, I'm saying I, 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 He's, he's going to sit out the World Cup. I would doubt that he's going to come back to play for Chelsea during that time. We'll see when he begins training. But that's, that's good news that it didn't require surgery. But I think ultimately you're going to get some competition at that right back spot, have options at the right back spot in the way that United have it left back with, you know, Luke Shaw did not come into the season playing very well. Oh, well, Chalaba was in the middle, so I'm yep. just talking bullshit now. No, no, no. Um, so it was Loftus-Cheek uh, kind of out wide in more of the Reese James role. Well, and they, they reverted to the 3-4-2-1 as well. Yep. I did not notice that. I, I, I was actually working <laughs> today, uh, and, and when I was paying attention, I was paying attention to the United game. Yeah, but there you go. all that is to say, uh, you know, that's five games in a row with clean sheets. Yep. Uh, Keppa taking advantage of uh, Mindy's injury and really doing a good job to submit his, his place as a first-choice keeper. And now that's a really good problem to have, is to have two goalies of, of that caliber. Because yeah. Mindy it was arguably one of the top goalies in the world over the last couple of years. Um, so a little harsh for him, but at the same time, uh, in case you haven't heard, Keppa is the highest, uh, most expensive goalkeeper <laughs> buy in the world. Shout out to Mark Wolfla. Um, <laughs> but he's also proving that worth right now yeah. uh, in a way that maybe a year or so ago we thought, well, yeah. that's a lot of money to have sitting on the bench. So yeah. five clean sheets uh, on the bounce uh, is pretty good. And you're at home to United on Saturday. Um, you know, is it time to talk about Manchester United and what they're doing? Well, you know, the, the only other thing I'll say is this. Um, <laughs> I, I, I by no means think that Chelsea is there. Uh, I don't even think they're approaching there yet. Um, I, I do think that their progression is going to be slower than what we have seen from Eric Ten Hag in United. Um, so with that, my friend, I, I think which one... I'm just going to say, play the other one too, because that goal. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was impressive. That was absolutely impressive. What what are you what did you see today, my friend? Uh, what I saw today was a team performance. Was a pretty complete game against a, a, a top, top a top team. It had Tottenham won today, uh, they would have gone above uh, City into second place. Um, I was really surprised at how timid. Tottenham seem for good portions of the game, but I also don't want to take anything away from United. From the opening whistle, they played with energy. Uh, they played on the front foot. They were looking to attack. They were creating opportunities. They were taking advantage of those opportunities early on. And when they lost the ball, they hunt and pack. They got it back quickly and immediately went back into the attack. There wasn't a, oh, let's just recycle and 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 you know slow things down. No, they had uh, specific ideas of where and when they wanted to attack and that's what they did and uh, you know I, I, I I'm, I'm going to kind of approach this the way I, I just did with Chelsea because I really do believe both teams are on similar trajectories and you said you think Chelsea will uh, you know the process will be a little slower 
uh, than it has been under Eric Ten Hag. And I would agree with you, but I think the reason is because there was so much more for Manchester United to have to do mm. that there were a lot more bullet points. Chelsea okay. won the Champions League a couple years ago. Chelsea were fighting for the top four for the last couple of yeah. years. Manchester United have been kind of, uh, you know, pretending to be something they're not for the last couple of years. And, and I had high hopes under Ole, and it just didn't pan out. But I think the, the room for improvement was so great is why you're seeing a lot of really good things out of United. The question is, can they consolidate it? Can they do this? So, you know, here's United's recent form. Uh, a 3-2 win away to Nicosia. Um, made a little bit more difficult than it needed to be. 2-1 win away to Everton. Again, more difficult than it needed to be. 1-0 win uh, at home to Nicosia. Uh, probably should have had more goals. 0-0 draw against Newcastle with plenty of opportunities to win the match. Uh, and then I would say of all five of those games, today was the yes. best performance. Yep. It really was much more Absolutely. complete. Those were good but not convincing wins. Um, but uh, in a couple of those matches, the first Nicosia game and uh, the Everton match, they went down early. And this team, this time last year, would have put their heads down and maybe gone on to lose badly. And now they just went, nope, dust ourselves down, put the ball back into play, and get after the game plan. And that shows you know, poise and resilience uh, to come back. Um, they are creating their opportunities and not taking as many as need to be, which is frustrating, but it would be worse to not be creating those opportunities yeah. than to be creating plenty of opportunities and just failing to take them. Uh, you know, Rashi had an opportunity right at the end of the Newcastle match that he really should have put away. He absolutely should have put it away. And he had some opportunities today that he really should have put away. Lloris made one excellent save. Uh, and there were plenty of other opportunities for other players. But all of that said, United just were so resilient on both sides of the ball today. I, 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 my, I think Bruno gets man of the match because of just the quality of that goal, and he was yeah. very involved. But I want to say shout-out to Fred. Yes, his goal was deflected, but if you don't shoot, you can't score. And, well, you know, that, Ten Hag has pushed him a little bit further upfield. Casemiro is a perfect base for him. He's allowed to get further up the field, so he's away from goal. He's not responsible for receiving a ball at the top of the D anymore under pressure. It's not what he's great at. He can really set about just being the little gnat that he is, winning the ball and get it to the guys, and then push forward into the attack. And, you know, you can moan and groan that, you know, the ball falls to, to Fred, uh, on occasion, he doesn't put it away, and, and that is unfortunate. But what would be worse is to not have a guy in that position at all. And, and this is a guy that does pick it out. He doesn't have that same quality, but we didn't ask Darren Fletcher to score 10 goals a season. Okay, right. We did not ask uh, Dirk Kout for Liverpool or, or plenty of these other players who, who have this role uh, to, to do that. He is not in Golo Conte. Okay, he yep. does not have that level of silky technical ability to go with it. But he does have ability, and I think uh, you know, he gets uh, you know uh, understated quite a bit of the time. De Gea was not called upon much, but he had a good game. Varane had a good game. Uh, let's remember that Tottenham possessed Harry Kane, who is arguably the best English striker of his generation, just as a pure striker, yep. and has been on form lately. And Leicha put him in his pocket, just yep. absolutely shut him down yeah. uh, for the majority of the game. He had one opportunity at close range, and that was really about it. So, you know, I, I'm really proud of what I saw out of the team today, and what I find most frustrating today is that, and I know you've got some points that you want to get to, um, but I think the real travesty of today is that it was a team performance and something to talk about and feel good and build upon and that's not going to be tomorrow's headline. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, actually, I have two things to say. Number one, um, I was excited to see. Um, I was excited to see Rashford play today. I know he did not score, but his strikes were true. They were solid. It looked like Rashford type play today. Yes. Yeah. Um, I. It's just a matter of time for a player like that. Those are going to go in. Those are going to routinely be goals. I, 
I loved watching him play today. His movement was really, really good. Yes, yes. Now, I have these pull. I, yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, this, this is unfortunately going to be the uh, what people are talking about. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is embarrassing and don't even bother coming at me. The greatest performance of Eric Ten Hag's reign so far, and he tries to make it about himself because United played levels better without trying to accommodate him again, just becoming sad at this point. Um, Eric Ten Hag, when asked about Cristiano Ronaldo walking down the tunnel early, I will deal with that tomorrow, not today. We are celebrating this victory. Um, and then... One last one I want to read. Um, I am sorry, but that is unacceptable from Ronaldo. And that was Gary Lineker and Micah Richards um, uh, during the BBC commentary, after, uh, after um, game commentary. Uh, Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo, man, um, very much one of the greatest players of all time. You made the point, 37 years old. What what effect, first of all, I want to know what you think about that, but what effect is that going to have on, on Manchester United going into the weekend, going into the next week, two weeks, whatever? Well, how do I feel about it? I'm, I'm just disgusted uh, by it. Uh, it's just it's behavior unbecoming of a guy who has just had a brilliant career. Mm -hmm. He's in the twilight of that career, and apparently everyone realizes that except for him. Mm. And I understand how difficult that must be. You know, we, we've seen it with so many great athletes. Yep. And I'm not suggesting in any way that Cristiano Ronaldo needs to retire. I'm no. suggesting he needs to understand that he has a new role to play on this team. Yes. And it can still be to be the guy who scores the game winner, but that's most likely going to be coming off the bench in the last 20 minutes or against certain teams that you want to play a certain style against. But Eric Ten Hag has made it very clear he has a style of play he intends to play. Cristiano Ronaldo does not fit that best. He did not fit that best for today. That's what the manager made a decision. And I agree with all three of those tweets. I agree that it was disgusting behavior and it needs to be dealt with. I agree with Eric Ten Hag that um, you know today is about celebration and tomorrow he will do his job as manager. Your question specifically is what impact is that going to have? on the team this weekend, what impact is that going to have on the team going forward? The answer to that question will be answered by Eric Ten Hag's actions tomorrow okay. and how that gets dealt with with Cristiano. Um, from what I see, he's going to address it. I would imagine that he will find him, perhaps suspend him. Uh, chances are he'll say we've taken care of it in-house and he's not going to give any more details because that's the kind of guy he is. Exactly. Um, and, you know, these guys love Cristiano Ronaldo, and I know they have mad respect for him, but I think they also are mature young men and will look at it and will, will respond and respect what Eric Ten Hag's decision will be, and I would imagine it will be a strong decision of some sort. Uh, the question is how will Ronaldo respond to it? Um, he has shown he's not really ready yet to accept this new role. I get it. Uh, he, he got asked to get up and, and, and uh, you know, get loose, uh, and he wasn't brought on. Yep. But you know what? That is the manager's decision. Yep. And if you have issues with it, then you sit there as a professional, and then you knock on his door tomorrow. And that is how it should be handled. We, now, we've all been there. We've all had our petty moments. Um, but it's awfully late in his career to be learning something like this. So... I, I hope it's a good conversation behind closed doors tomorrow, and I hope they come out the other side. You know, every time we've looked at this situation, and it seems like Ronaldo isn't, you know, is is done at Manchester United. He shows up the next day in training, he puts in twice as much effort, and then he comes out and puts in a decent performance when he's called upon. So he needs to rein in the outward expression of those emotions. It's a big part of who he is. It's always been a big part of who he is. He's very expressive as a player, but 
that activity can undermine that those kinds of scenes undermine the performance of the team and and the good news you know that the headlines tomorrow are, are going to mention his name and maybe that's what he wants his ego must have that um, but I, I think Ten Hag will address it I hope Ronaldo will come out and say you know what guys I made a mistake uh, I can't be behaving like that I'm too mature for that and then they move forward because he could be a very very valuable asset moving forward um, but if he's just going to be a distraction then he shouldn't put on the jersey again and they should look to move him in the January transfer window it's not what I want to happen uh, but those are decisions that you make at this level of play well with that ladies and gentlemen we are moving into the halftime shot um, we have come to the time of our show where we do our halftime shot and um, we have a really good friend of the pod here tonight Family of the pod. Family of the pod. My daughter, Kiara. Kiara, would you come here for a second? Don't, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, there, there she is, ladies and gentlemen. Wave, um, wave to the pod. Wave, wave, wave. There you go. Excellent. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. What are you, See, what? you too could come here and join us. That's right. That's right. What are you drinking tonight? Jackson and Jackson. Uh -huh. mm. <laughs> the Buckeye does not fall far from the tree. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, so halftime shot goes like this. Aaron and I have um, people that we dedicate our halftime shots to. And um, this week, I am dedicating my halftime shot um, to my daughter, to Kiara, for joining us tonight. Kiara, there we go. Halftime shot right there. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Chicken finger. Chicken fingers. Chicken finger, man. Yeah, there you go. Aaron, who are you sending your shot out to? Um, I want to send it out to a handful of people. Uh, the last time we had this show, we were promoting uh, the event for uh, the Wendy L. Hudson yes. org uh, to battle uh, cancer. Uh, and uh, we held our event. And uh, I believe the unofficial number was somewhere around thirteen thousand yes. uh, dollars was raised, um, and uh, it goes to Sue, good friend of uh, Chatham Tap Sue. Uh, so I want to give a shout out specifically to uh, Sun King, Parks Place Pub, and Chatham Tap Fishers for uh, hosting the event, allowing everybody to set up to have the the, the raffles and the giveaways. Uh, I want to send a shout out to um, Joe, Joe Levins and uh, Jennifer Hazlitt uh, and Doug and all the other people who helped organize it, who put in a ton of work that day to set, thing up, to set things up to run from place to place. I know I'm missing a lot of other people. Yep. That's all right. Uh, but the last but not least person I want to include uh, is you, Evan. Mm. Um, you gave... Uh, I would call it a benediction of sorts mm. to kick things off last week, uh, to say good words about Sue, about the cause. Uh, but it was a couple of things that, that really stuck with me, and that was about being present around people and being present to try to not just find but share joy that we find in one another and and being present and finding that joy with people is a wonderful theme a wonderful goal you gave a wonderful speech to kick off a tremendous event that has benefited multiple people and will continue to benefit multiple people multiple people into the future because it will continue on wendylhudson.org it's never too late to donate right. um, and get involved yourself so uh, shout out to everybody shout out to you you all do great work, and to Kiki. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, slanty. Slanty. Mm. Oh my. All right now, Evan. Yo. This show is called the Red and Blue Soccer Chat. The Red represents the long history of Manchester United mm -hmm. and the blue represents 
the mighty blues of Stamford Bridge, of Chelsea Football Club. And our local take on the global game is this is the culminating moment. This is this is our Daytona 500. This is our Super Bowl. It's it's the it's not our World Cup because the World Cup, by the way, kicks off exactly one month one from tomorrow. Holy cow, dude. But this, this is our event. We've not, we, we missed our chance back in the spring for a variety of reasons. Yes. Here's our chance. Yes. In this first calendar year, Manchester United travel the long, long road down <laughs> to London to rock up at Stamford Bridge. Yep. I'm so excited. We're going to be broadcasting from here. You definitely got to go. We've got this big room. We've got multiple TVs. Yes. We've got this whole area. Yes. We're going to be talking. We're going to be doing our own little ver version of the Fan Fest, little watch party. Come down and join us at Chatham Tap or join us live, just like you are right now on Facebook or YouTube. Evan, mm. are you excited for this match? Are you excited for this day? Yes. I am so excited for this day, dude. And, and here's kind of what I'm picturing. Um, just FYI, because I'm, I'm not sure exactly what <laughs> what you put on Facebook. Um, if we're planning on talking about the U.S. men's team, we can't talk about it too much because that's actually going to be part of the Hey Aaron segment tonight. So there you go. I'm just going to say that. But this match coming up on Saturday, I, I shy away a lot of times from saying that that this is a must win for either team, okay? There's there's too many matches during the season. There's there's too many ways the season could break and, and all this other stuff. That being said, you have two storied franchises who have had a rocky... They would not like you using the word franchise. I know. <laughs> Clubs. My fault. See, that's my American-ness. Institution. My American-ness. I apologize. I apologize. But two clubs who, who have had kind of a rocky past year, um, you know, trying to get things together, and now both have been recognized to be clubs on the move, mm -hmm. clubs that are starting to make. And, and for, for me, this is fun. For me, this is going to be fun. I I am still, you know, trying to wrap my head around the gravity of this weekend because you have so many storylines going on here. I say you guys rise to the occasion. Um, I think you put the Ronaldo stuff behind you. I think Ten Hag comes out strong, sets him. I think that um, he, he may not even make the trip. That's that's how how much I feel about this. Um, I am saying that you guys come into Stanford and we fight our ass off, and it is a two-two draw. Um, just simply because I think both teams score goals, and I think both teams are going to have an incredible attacking kind of mindset. But I think both teams play good enough defense to hold each other to two goals. I think David De Gea is going to be in rare form. I think the two goals that we score, the two goals that you guys score, nobody's going to be able to stop those goals. I think they're going to be brilliant. Um, I think Kep is going to be on point. I just think we're in for an incredibly fun, good match. Ends 2-2. How about you, my friend? Um, yeah, I agree with a, a, a ton of that. I, I, I'm with you. I, it's it's still too early in the season, and there are so many other big matches that will be decisive right. um, to say this is a must win. Mm -hmm. um, but it will tell you a lot about you know where each team is in their mindset, in their their you know parts of the process, yeah. um, uh, and you know the the winner solidifies most likely fourth place here. Um, and, and again, early on, but this league is not the runaway that people were envisioning it might be this time just a month ago. Yeah. You've got Arsenal in first place on 27 points, City sitting in second on 23 points, Tottenham, having played one game more than both of those teams, are tied uh, but on 23 points, uh, but are in third uh, on goal differential. Chelsea sit fourth on 20, so you could put yourself into the mix 
uh, with a win, depending on their results. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Manchester United have 19, so if we were to win, we'd leapfrog you. Yeah. Um, so, what am I thinking about this match? Well, uh, you know, there's a side of me that is very pragmatic and says this is all the part of the process that, you know, it, it's good to see how United have played over these last few games. Uh, the performance today was really something to be proud of. Uh, and that, you know, same for Chelsea, that they've, they've gotten good results on the backs of perhaps not great performances, but they are continuing to march forward. But I'm going to be a little bit bold right now. And I'm going to say United win 2-1. to one. Okay. I think Kepa is going to keep them in the game for long periods of time, but I think the fact that Chelsea just has some injuries right now, that, boom, Mikey, uh, some injuries defensively and a little bit of discombobulation at the back still that you see uh, in a way that, that could be exploited by an on-point Rashford. You know, he might have the same day he did today where he's getting into positions and Kepa keeps him out just the way Hugo Lloris did. Um, but I think right now Manu's attack has been beginning to click. Um, you really saw that when Tottenham sat back and gave United possession, they went at them. Um, so, and, and, and Chelsea are trying to play this slightly more expansive system, so I think there's going to be space on the field. Erickson came on toward the end of the match today, which leads me to believe he will probably start again on uh, Saturday. I don't think that Chelsea overruns the midfield. I think they tend to play up the wing, so yep. I don't yep. think... I, I think we can have Casemiro, Erickson, and, and Bruno as the midfield three mm -hmm. um, and don't, don't need Fred sort of, you know, pestering yeah. around. I, I think the spaces on the field will be there and Erickson can unlock Bruno and Bruno then goes on, on to unlock the rest of the attack and our defense has been compact recently. So all that is to say, I believe if we do not give up the first goal that 2-1 seems realistic. I think it will favor United. I think the, I think the, the, the flow of the game will favor United. I think, it, I think both teams will have chances. I'm just seeing United being slightly a little bit more on point right now. Sure. Uh, your 2-2's not out of, out, outrageous to me, though, so I, I, I could absolutely see that. I don't see either team running away with it. I don't see it being a blowout. No. Um, I, you know, I, I could see a team getting you know, control of the match. It will really be interesting to me to see how each team starts because United came out strong today. If, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, that 2-2 two -two is, is best, not best case scenario, but I think for me it's, like you said, the pragmatic piece. Uh, if, if we hear too much about Chalaba, Koulibaly, Aspilqueta, if we hear too much about those guys during the match, that means that the ball is in the back half way, way, way too much. And, and it can get out of control. Um, I think those guys are still learning how to play together. Um, you know, the other piece that worries me is um, Connor Gallagher looked like death. When he was on the field, was he yeah, he was sick. Okay. He was sick because they were talking it, about an injury at some point. But yeah, no. I, you know, the the when they showed a particular replay, mm -hmm. even the announcer said, "I don't think this is what's wrong with him right now. I think it was something else." Yeah. So I, I didn't have any clarification on that. And like I said, I was really flipping back and forth between things and, and actually doing my job today. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you'll you'll be pleased to know. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think he brings something to the midfield, and you know, without Conte, I think you could see yourselves with a Jorginho Kovacic midfield. And if that's the case, I might choose to go with Fred just to be a, just to be a pest. Uh, but, but Casemiro has played. You know, every, everybody's talking. Why isn't Casemiro playing? And um, when he did have, you know, his, his first few games with the team looked a little wobbly. But I tell you, his last few matches. That this is this is Champions League quality. Rafa Varane last few matches. This is Champions League quality. This is what we're trying to bring to the team, and I fear that 
if you've got to rely on Jorginho and Kovacic, I think that's where United could maybe have some advantages in that match. I've really liked Jorginho and Gallagher together because yeah. I think Jorginho is, is able to say to Gallagher, okay, go go be Fred. Yes. Go be the pest. Yes, Do absolutely. your thing. And I you know, I can kind of hold back here. He has a bit more end product yes. than Fred does. So you, you no, no, I, look, I, I don't think Fred can score the goal that Connor Gallagher did a couple weeks ago. Okay, okay. I, I don't see it. Fred gets the goals like he did today, yeah. and maybe Connor Gallagher doesn't get those because he doesn't put himself in quite those same positions. Right. But you're absolutely right. Connor Gallagher's job is to do all this work yes. and let Jorginho be on the ball and try to play those passes around the corner. So I, I totally agree. And without yeah. him, and obviously without Conte, uh, you know, but here's the thing. Every time you write off Kovacic, he comes in and does something special. So I, I love Kovacic. I do. I do. Um, I, I think that he's the um, he's the hammer that that can get some things done. I, I think that he can he can deliver balls. He can shoot. He can shoot the ball. Um, I think that he's a great all-around player. I just like that combination of Jorginho yep. and Gallagher in the middle Agreed. because I think they complement each other really well. Once again, though, yeah. they are learning to play together. And as you have said and I have said during this podcast, with Ronaldo off the field, Bruno Fernandez becomes a different yes. player, man. Yep. He becomes a different player. And I think that he can pick up on that. And once he sees that, uh, if, if there's... if. if if there's any issue, if it's Jorginho Kovacic, I'm sweating. I'm sweating a little bit. Um, if it's Jorginho Gallagher, I think that I think that we can't we we stand a chance to maintain in the midfield. I agree. I agree. Because United's midfield right, is is better than ours. Yeah. It is better than ours. And and I think that like I said, with 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 Bruno back there. He is beginning to develop that vision without Ronaldo on the yes. field. And I think that he is beginning to really feel himself, man, because, and I think Tin Hawk sees that. And well, I don't and, know how you go and, against that. Erickson, I oh, think, yes. has Erickson. really been key to helping unlock Bruno as well, because Bruno doesn't have to drop as deep into those positions that, that he was previously. Yep. Um, Christian Erickson has turned out to be the player for Manchester United that Paul Pogba promised to be. Mm, wow. Say that again for the people in the back. Christian Eriksen has turned out to be the player for Manchester United that Paul Pogba promised to be. Wow. He comes and collects the ball off the, off the defense. He occasionally just keeps play moving, but you know, Paul Scholes is one of the top central midfielders to ever play the, play the game. Uh, every member of his generation speaks of him with, with nothing but just lofty tones. And Scholes loves Erickson. He plays clever. He plays smart. His head's on a swivel. Every time he receives the ball, he puts himself into space. He plays that ball around the corner. And that ability puts Bruno 10, 20 yards further upfield in a position to then be as deadly as Bruno oh, can absolutely. be. And absolutely. when Bruno does not have that Ronaldo cloud hanging over him, mm -hmm. and he's got Rashford running into space, think of the balls against Arsenal. That 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 There's a play where Erickson plays Bruno, Bruno plays Rashford. It's all one touch, yep. and Rashford just has to run onto it and score. Yep. Bruno playing to Sancho. Bruno playing to Anthony. He's unlocked. He's absolutely unlocked. He's 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 unshackled from Ronaldo, and he's unlocked by Christian Eriksen. And I think that could be huge. And without a Conor Gallagher disrupting that kind of play, playing that Busquets get into the lines yes. kind of thing, that that will be problematic. And. Chelsea's got a strong defense. I think we're going to see Thiago Silva at the weekend. I think he yeah, probably didn't yeah, play. So. And again, I'm wondering if some of what we saw today out of Chelsea was the result of Graham Potter saying, I've got a squad. I've got to rotate. I've got Manchester United coming up against the weekend. Yeah, Brentford's yeah. going to play defensively. Yeah. I'm going to hit him with a battering ham like Broya. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to play a slightly different style. 
Connor Gallagher coming out. Kovacic going in. Um, I think Pulisic came on. Yeah, and uh, so you took off Kukurea. What position does Chukwameka play? Um, he, they actually put him in. Because Pulisic came on for Kukurea, but he obviously wasn't playing left back. He came in for Mount. So I, I would imagine wow. they got they just confused those because I would imagine Pulisic took up the Mount role and Chukwameka took up the um, Kukurea overlapping oh, role. Yeah, overlapping. So um, you know I, I like Chukwameka. I don't know if we're going to see him against Manchester United. He's a uh, little young. I yeah. think you're going to want. Yeah. I was a little surprised by the brilliant, but I think that was down to, to rotation. And, and he's fine. But I'm saying you didn't start Aubameyang. Right. Because you got Manchester United the weekend. Yes. You know, yes, yes. We, we saw some players today because right. of what's coming up. I think Eric Ten Hag says, right now, I'm only going to rotate when I need to. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you, I, I was I was very impressed um, today by um, Armando Broya. The, the speed that he showed, there was a breakaway that he had that was only disrupted from behind with an incredible, incredible tackle. And here's what he did. The ball got away from him. He got tackled. He didn't stay down. This is what I love about yeah. this guy. He got back up and created another opportunity for himself in the box. Brentford's defense was just so good. He was trying, dribbling, trying to get some space. Yeah. Couldn't get space. Yeah. But I love that it's about this guy. To it's tough defense to break down, but I love that about this guy. Yeah. He is winning me over with each match that goes by. So, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going into our Hey Aaron segment of the show. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to hit this one because it's themed. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to get Aaron's impression upon, it is four weeks away, four weeks away from the greatest sporting event on the planet beginning, uh, the World Cup in Qatar, and we are going to talk tonight with Aaron about the USA squad. Um, I want to know, my friend, who, just off the top of your head, who deserves to be in, based on the way they're playing right now, um, that maybe they're not getting looked at as far as being on a squad. And I have three players that I want to kind of get your opinion on, and then you think about that, and and then we will, um, yeah, you think about it, I'll say my three players, and then you can say anybody else that I may have left out, okay? Sounds good. All right. Talk to me about Yunus Musa. How, where is he at in your mind? Is he, is he performing up the, you know, up the standard, or do we need to take a second look at him right now? You know, I, I don't follow the Spanish league as closely okay. as I should, but I will say this: if Yunus Musa is healthy and has been playing for his club, he should start for the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, I, I, I think. Eunice Musa, Tyler Adams, and um, Weston McKinney are every bit as important, if not more so, to the team than Christian Pulisic. And, and that, is, that is not a dig on Pulisic. No. What I'm saying is if those three guys are firing on all cylinders and playing well individually but as a unit, then they're going to be setting goals on a platter for guys and scoring themselves. Uh, Weston, at his best, is one of the top attacking midfielders, or I don't know, I don't know if you'd call him. It. Yeah, I mean he's attacking yeah. midfielder yeah, he uh, in the game right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he gets good minutes for Juventus when he's healthy. Um, all of these guys seem to have some injury knocks. Tyler Adams playing well for Leeds. Yep. Uh, Brendan Aronson playing well for Leeds. Stop. So. Guys, Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. My bad. My bad. Yes. Uh, Yunus Musa, super integral to the success at, 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 at the World Cup, um, and I, I hope I hope we have a full selection of healthy guys to choose from. That will be huge. So, Brendan Aronson. <laughs> uh, I mean, 
could you really ask for anything more? I mean, here, here's a guy um, who probably nobody knew his name a few years ago, right. and and here he is, you know, doing well, uh, playing for a decent club in Germany, uh, making a name for himself, doing well in Champions League, gets an opportunity, uh, you know, to go to Leeds. You know, it, it depends on how you compare these leagues to one another, but you know, some. It, some people would, might have seen that as a step down. Um, I, I don't. Uh, you know, the, the the league, the Premier League, is incredible. It's it's high. It's maybe the highest competitive league in the world. Um, and you know, he gets to play for another American, Jesse Marsh. He gets to play with another American and Tyler Adams. Um, it's 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 great to see. You know, they're like that. You know, they're the, we had full America. Now we've got the United States of Leeds. Um, He's he's been incredible, and I tell you, his his performances make me think that I'm not scared if Christian Pulisic isn't on form at the World Cup because we have another player who's willing to put in that kind of shift put the team on his back, and can score some goals. They are not the same player. I'm in no way suggesting that, but they bring they bring a, a, a panache to the team that, that uh, that's needed, that, that you don't get from some of these other players. And, and we know we're going to have some guys that are, are at least questionable because of uh, recent injuries. <coughs> Tim Weah, Giovanni Reyna. Yeah. Um, but, like I said, I, I'm so excited and so happy for Brendan Aronson. And his younger brother starting to make a name for himself, too. Mm. Ricardo Pepe. I just don't see it. Mm. I, I just don't see it. Mm. Um, I, I, if these last camps, if these last few games were an opportunity to give guys a chance to take it, then he didn't. Ferreira didn't, um, and how you left Jordan Peefock off the uh, the roster for that, I, I have no idea. And if he is, not, if Jordan Peefock is not at the World Cup, uh, I, I, I should almost say that Burhalter deserves to lose his job on that alone. Wow. And if, and if Peefock isn't at the World Cup and we don't perform well, Greg Burhalter will lose his job. Yeah, yeah. Um, you said him. Christian Pulisic, has he done enough? Has he done enough to be on a starting squad for the U.S. men's national team? Yes. He's still getting decent minutes for Chelsea. I know a lot of American fans are frustrated. Um, I'm sure he's frustrated to a certain extent. But let's remember, he's getting you know, 20 to 30 minutes at a time for one of the top five clubs in England. He's playing in the Champions League. I know people want him to start. I know people want him to play every game. But let's face it, he's demonstrated a certain fragility that says perhaps he can't play every game, mm. that he can't play 90 minutes three times a week the way some of these guys can. Um, and, and first off, none of them can forever. You know, we were the reason why we were so impressed with N'Golo Kante is because it looked like that guy ran to the game, played a game, and then ran home, and then ran back to the game, played the game, and then ran back home. And look at him now. He's had nothing but uh, injury-filled seasons for the last couple of years, and you have to manage these guys. Christian Pulisic is kind of like Michael Owen or early Ryan Giggs was. He's got a propensity for injuries. This is a very physical league. We ask so much of these guys. But if Christian Pulisic is healthy, Christian Pulisic starts for the U.S. men's national team and wears the captain's armband. Okay. He is Captain America. Yep. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, last question. Out of the three, who gets to start? Ethan Horvath, Sean Johnson, or Matt Turner? Matt Turner. No question. Uh, Matt Turner is currently at Arsenal. Uh, and, you know, Aaron Ramsdale is the first choice there, but Matt Turner has had to come on a couple times, and he's played in a few good competitions. He's demonstrated a high-level ability. Sean Johnson is a fine goalkeeper, but he is not facing anywhere near right. what Matt Turner faces every day in practice. Mm-hmm. 
Practice. We're talking about practice, Evan. Practice. Ethan Horvath, uh, I don't think, is getting starting minutes for his club either. No. Um, but, again, playing at a higher level. I, I have great faith in, in all of them. I really do. But Matt Turner has distinguished himself in uh, the last year or so as an elite shot stopper. And at a tournament, that may be more important than whether, you know, you have some classic goalkeepers that their reputation is about as much as their consistency mm -hmm. as a player and their ability to marshal the back line. Yep. You know, at, for, our, for, for Manchester United, Peter Schmeichel and Edwin Bandersar immediately come to mind as guys that are more than just top-level shot stoppers. You know, I, I think the biggest criticism of David De Gea is that he does not come across as a guy who owns the box, who does not own, you know, or command yeah. the back line in quite the same way, yeah. Yeah. you know. But great goalkeepers have that ability. You don't, I don't necessarily think you need that for a World Cup so long as you've got a guy who knows how to keep the ball out of the back of the net mm -hmm. and... Ten guys in front of him that are fighting for one another. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Turner gets on a like a Jordan Pickford role or something like that going into <laughs> going into the World Cup. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, hey <laughs> Jordan Pickford. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was the Hey Aaron segment of our show, and we are now wrapping up our show, um, coming into the home stretch. And uh, yeah, this is this has been really good, man. I. Are we going on sabbatical from each other for after tonight? For you know, it, are we we laying in the grave you know for three nights yeah. or three days? Please. Please. Uh, yeah. So now we're at the Hey Aaron segment of the show. Or not? Sorry. Excuse me. Take another drink. We are at the Aaron's final thoughts part of the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This is this is always fun, and it's always uh, a highlight of my time to uh, be here with you, man. Um, but this this time, yeah, it's 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 been rough these past couple weeks, my friend. And you know, you know some of the stuff that I'm going through. You know some of the you know some of the things that I've talked to you about, and and, and I'm sure everybody else out there is feeling it too. Um, I just got to ask, man, what, what do you got for us this week? As usual, nothing prepared. Um, <laughs> but, you know, along those lines, I, 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 I have fresh in my mind uh, some of your words from just a few short weeks ago. And I want to kind of bring that into that discussion here and say that... Um, Our friends and family are there for us as much as we're there for them. And there is, there's no shame in, in reaching out and asking others for a shoulder in, in times of need uh, to say, you know what, today was tough for me. I need, I need a little bit of help. I need a little bit of a pick-me-up. And that's another way of finding joy. I know joy, especially in the modern vernacular and, and uh, uh, Marie, uh, whatever, I'll probably get sued for even saying her full name. But, you know, connection. Is is how to find joy, and and sometimes that involves being vulnerable, and and saying things were tough. You know, uh, we don't get through everyday life. We don't get through big events like cancer, losing a loved one, hard breakup, whatever it may be, alone. And we are a community. We're trying to put that out there. That was a big part of what the last show was about, and that's a big part of what this one continues to be, is being a community. Yeah, it's ostensibly about soccer, um, in the same way that Anthony Bourdain had a food show. Yes. <laughs> this is a show about community and camaraderie 
and finding the little bits of joy on a day-to-day -day basis in one another that we can. And when you're going through a hard time, find that person. And you know what? Sometimes it might just be as simple as sitting down at the bar and having a beer with them and you don't even need to get things off your chest because just being around somebody is enough of the distraction that you needed. That's how we're there. Be present, be there for others, be there for yourself, be strong. Hashtag say gay. Well said. As usual, my friend. Well said as usual. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yes. This is the Evan and Aaron Show presents the Red and the Blue Soccer Chat. If you are coming out to the Chatham Tap Fishers, hold on just a second. 11 a.m. on Saturday, you can be here with us because that's when Manchester United and Chelsea get it on. 12.30 match kickoff. I would imagine we will be here earlier to set up. Uh, we'll begin broadcasting just before kickoff just to make sure and, and let you all know. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a silly good time. So yep. get here, get some wings. If you come on Saturday or Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, 9 a.m., they will have breakfast for you waiting hot and ready. Guys, listen, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Peace. Evan, what's your favorite breakfast out of here? Favorite breakfast item? It, it is literally Deuce's eggs, man. It is the the all American breakfast with a English twist to it. I I like the steak sandwich, but get the bacon, 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 bacon. Nom 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 nom. Everybody, love you. Be there for one another. Deuces. Hashtag Black People Vote.